believe you're the savior of our soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. And so here's his final message, the book of Deuteronomy, where he's going to expound and expand and explain the law of God as already recorded for us in Exodus and Leviticus, but different details and different insights that he's going to give to the next generation. And that's what we're moving toward as we come to chapter four. So he's reviewed God's faithfulness to them in the wilderness wandering. And tonight in this chapter four, he shifts gears in this strong exhortation that above all else is just to obey the Lord, to just obey the Lord. It's just a general overall sweeping application and concept or thought is that to obey the Lord, that God gives his law, God has rights and wrongs, there's a moral compass, there's truth and falsehood, there's life and death, and there's choices and volitional will, that is our choices, and to make the right choice to obey the Lord. And so that's consistent from Genesis in the Garden of Eden to the book of Revelation, who's in and who's out, is choices and choosing to obey or disobey against the Lord. The problem is we have rebellion in us as sinners, and even when we're saved and born again, we have that fleshly nature that dies slowly. So to do, just do nothing, we'll just move toward the flesh. So you have to make the effort to move toward the spirit. And so Moses is just exhorting them, hey, you need to diligently obey. And really the chapter, most of it, is about just being diligent, obey, and do what's right. But as we pick it up in verse 32, we come into this thought process where whereby Moses was giving exhortations and really truly giving warnings. He's basically saying like, hey, take heed to yourself, take heed to yourself, take heed to yourself. And when you're older and you're in the land thriving, don't, don't shut it down and get lazy, but stay sharp with the Lord. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what, where he was at. And he said, and when you fall into a different country because you disobeyed against the Lord, cry out to the Lord. And when you seek him with your whole heart, He'll hear you, which history shows he did do for them in this covenant known as the Mosaic Covenant. But in the, after completing that thought of warnings and exhortations, he says this in th- verse 32. So we're kind of jumping in the middle of a thought process, but that's okay because it says this in verse 32. In the context of the covenant and obeying God's word. For ask now concerning the days that are past, which are before you, since the day that God created man on the earth, and asked from one end of heaven to the other whether any great thing like this has happened or anything like it has been heard. Did any people ever hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire as you have heard and live? Or did God ever try to go and take for himself a nation from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war? By a mighty hand and outstretched arm and by great tears, according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord himself is God. There is none other besides him. Out of heaven let you hear his voice that he might instruct you. 
On earth he showed you his great fire, and you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved your fathers, therefore he chose their descendants after them. And he brought you out of Egypt with his presence, with his mighty power, driving out from before you nations greater and mightier than you, to bring you in, to give you their land as an inheritance as it is to this day. Therefore know this day and consider it in your heart that the Lord himself is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. There is no other. And you shall therefore keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord your God has given you for all time. What a powerful passage of God speaking really about the past, the present, and the future in the context of Israel as a nation. They are new in this covenant. They've been in this covenant for about 40 years. He had prophesied that this covenant would come to pass, even going back to the original prophecies of Jesus Christ in Genesis chapter 3 after the fall in the garden. And when Noah went on the ark and came off the ark, that was a covenant that God had. And then a few hundred years after Noah, from his descendants, came Abram, and God made a covenant with Abram. And from Abram, that's Abrahamic covenant, God made these promises that 400 years later, your descendants are going to come from a faraway land, and I'm going to give them this land. He made that promise, as we know, from Genesis to Abram, when he became Abraham, before he had any children, according to the promise, the son of the promise, of course, being Isaac. So this great nation comes from Isaac, and then Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, and Jacob's 12 children, through the four different women that are the 12 tribes of Israel. And here they are now. And the census, when they came out of Egypt, there uh, post Mount Sinai, they did a census. They had about 600,000 men above the age of 21 able to go to war. But all those over 20 died in the wilderness. And another census was done at the end of the 40 years, right about this time. And there's now about another 600,000 men able to go to war. One generation has passed away and another generation has come. And Moses is part of the passing generation, but he's equipping the next generation. And so when he talks about this covenant, when he's talking about their covenant, they're new to this covenant. For example, we're the church of Jesus Christ. What a blessing. We're an extension of Peter and John and all the apostles, Philip, Andrew. You realize that tonight? Every one of us who's given their life to Christ If we go all the way back on our spiritual genealogy, we go back to the 12 apostles. We go back to the day of Pentecost, 2,000 years. For many of us, because each generation is, of course, limited to their generation, our 80 years or 100 years, we have a spiritual faith that we receive from somebody. So Pastor Chuck Smith, Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, now with the Lord, he grew up in the Foursquare Movement under the influence of Amy Semper Fi and others, and more Pentecostal. And he was a miracle child, if you know the story of how, you know, the whole God saved his older sister, a miracle for his parents. She was dead. She came back to life. The parents repented. They got saved. And then Chuck was born, and he was Corbin, dedicated to the Lord. If you don't know, that's a powerful story. It's in the book, Memoir of Grace. And so Chuck was always set apart. Now, Chuck was 86 when he stepped into eternity. He's been in eternity for six years, so that's 90. We'll just go 90, round numbers. And Chuck lived a good, full life. And then about 20 years into ministry, he was led by the Lord to take over this Bible study down here in Huntington Beach. 
He said he loved Huntington Beach. He didn't want to move anymore. He, he really liked Huntington Beach. He began to surf, and he figured, you know, given a choice, I'll take HB over Tucson. That's his own testimony. And he did. But he ran out of sermons in two years, so he had to figure out what to do, and that's where he was led by Haley's Bible commentary to teach First John, the epistle, verse by verse, and extend his stay in Huntington Beach, and then the rest is history. We call that the Jesus Movement, and it's also known as the Calvary Chapel Movement. So that all happened in the mid-60s. That's more than 40 years ago. So if you were just us being a Calvary Chapel affiliate and me being an ordained Calvary Chapel pastor, then we can kind of get that timeline. So as a Calvary Chapel pastor, and just having been at a conference in Los Angeles with the Calvary Chapel pastors, and what, what's the word? As a movement, Calvary Chapel is very young in church history. But we come from all these things that came before us. And when we think about covenants, they're so new in their covenant. We talk in the Calvary Chapel movement of Calvary Chapel distinctives, sort of like the philosophy of how we do ministry. The body of Christ has all kinds of distinctives in history of different movements from Monrovians in Germany going to the Caribbean to share the gospel and all this kind of stuff. There's a tapestry of church history that's amazing. And tonight, if you're born again, you're part of that tapestry. Whoever shared the gospel with you, and it's probably many people, they say you usually hear the gospel 30 times before you respond to it. I, I could do a whole study on all the different people that shared the gospel with me in my lifetime before I gave my life to the Lord in the private, privacy of my own room there in Vista in 1987. But we're a legacy. And when I look at this text tonight, and as I taught it Tuesday night, what I really saw was a connection of the context from their context historically under covenant, new in the covenant, with a new generation. I really see for us as the church of Jesus Christ, these words for the church, not removing them from their context for Israel, but the principle as they apply for the church in spring of 2021. And so with that perspective. I draw your attention again to verse 32. Because God is giving the exhortations through Moses. And he says, ask now. This is very unique because you don't see this a lot in scripture. And I mentioned this Tuesday. This is what I love about Deuteronomy. There's just some things that happen where it's just like, where do you see like, ask now? Ask now. Now he's got a whole nation of people who are going to have to step out in faith in about a month's time and go inherit the promises while going to war. People who are stronger and mightier, and they're going to have to go in faith. And God says, ask now. Ask now. And tonight, as the church of Jesus Christ, I want to use that phrase for us. Ask now. If we've given our life to Christ, I want to say in the context again of this text tonight, as the church, ask now. Ask now in the history of the church of Jesus Christ that he bought with his blood on the cross and confirmed with his resurrection from the grave and who we are tonight on the cusp of going forward in the first half of the year of 2021. Ask now. Let's think that way as we go through this text. Ask now. Because the exhortation is coming from above. Ask now. And in this asking, it sets up the past, the present, and the future and how to look at these things in 
for them in their context, but for us in our context as the body of Christ, even as worship generation is a church almost 18 years old, well, 20 plus counting Calvary Coast and Mason, we were there, but, or the Calvary movement, or just even our timeline. Ask now about God's faithfulness to his church, about God's faithfulness in his covenants, about God's faithfulness to you, to your family, to the family that lived, that you came from, that's gone now. Ask now. That's what God is saying. So as we ask now, we draw attention to what we're really asking about. In essence, it's the things that happened before this day. And really, the context is things that happened even before us. Because look what he says. Ask now concerning the days that are past. So we're looking backwards now. We're going to be reflective. And of course, history is my favorite subject. So I love to read history. I'm fascinated by history. I'm reading a book. It's called Dreadnoughts. It's about, you know, the original dreadnought that Britain built around 1907. It was almost like nuclear weapons back then. It was a battleship like no other. And then the Germans started building them, and Britain kept building them. And Winston Churchill was Lord of the Navy in the First World War. And it's crazy. These dreadnoughts, and they're fascinating to me when I think about how they built them, built them, built them, and then all the large financial budget for them, and they never even used them in World War I because the Germans had the U-boats. And they had the one big battle at Jungerland early on, and then they never really had another big battle again. But those big dreadnoughts kept, kept the German fleet from leaving Germany and going out into the North Sea. But they just sent out the subs, and then the next four years was Winston Churchill trying to figure out what to do with those subs and how to stop those German U-boats. But as, I was, as I'm reading about this kind of history, I think like Winston Churchill and how God spared his life miraculously in the Boer Wars and stuff like that. I think how God just has had his hand over human history. How he's had his hand over my life. But just human history from Adam. And then the pre-flood world. And how he, he led Seth through that. And Seth's descendants to Noah. And how he had Noah build that ark. And then how, again, Abraham came from the post-flood world. And how Abraham did obey God. And God did prophesy all the things about Jesus Christ, his son, through Abraham and before Abraham. And even in the context of this covenant, it's all moving toward Jesus Christ coming into the world for us, which we're celebrating this holy week, Palm Sunday, tomorrow. So we ask now, I think I'm asking just the bigger panoramic of human history, the body of Christ, and your family before you came into the world, and your family while you've been in the world, because that's the context, to think for a minute. So I want us to think about where we come from, our family. What did our family go through before we were born? My dad grew up born in 1930. He grew up in the Midwest during the Depression. His mom had moved to Madison to get off the farm because she didn't want to be a farmer's wife. My dad's dad went away to World War II for two and a half years with the 4th Marine Division with the Red Cross because he's too old to be in the Marines. So he served the Marines with the Red Cross. My dad served in Vietnam. I was alive. I remember Walter Cronkite in the Vietnam War on TV and all that stuff, the fall of Saigon. I remember all of it. But my dad remembers hearing about Pearl Harbor on the radio. There's so much that precedes us. And was not God faithful to your parents and your grandparents, whether they acknowledge it or not, and your great-grandparents? I want you to think about that for a minute. My great-grandmother, Elise, came through Ellis Island in 1904 with a bunch of kids and didn't speak one word of English. Her husband had been in the States for three years already and saved up the money. They they've came across the Atlantic in the poorest situation possible to be on that transatlantic voyage. They got on a train, not speaking a word of English, and came to Illinois. And one of the sons died in a timber accident early on. 
doing the only job they could find in the United States of America because there was a, a famine in Norway and they left Norway. What's the story that came before you? And was not God faithful to your parents, your grandparents, and your great-grandparents? And who came before them? God has always been, from Adam, the father and the head of our race, to Eve, the mother and head of our race, he has always been faithful to humanity. He has always been faithful to humanity. He's bigger than all, like Jack was praying about the noise. He's so much bigger than all the noise. Forget the noise. Woman Before Midnight was the book I read years ago about the showdown between Khrushchev and Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. And let me tell you that we didn't blow up the entire planet in 1962 is amazing. So ask now, did not God save the planet? We crash landed a plane with a live nuclear bomb on it in Indianapolis during the Cuban Missile Crisis, and it didn't go off. There are there is communication misunderstandings between the diplomats that should have brought the whole world to war. My dad went to the Cuban Missile Crisis, gave my mom a gun and 20 bombs, and said, when the crazy people come out of Los Angeles, this is how you use this rifle. Stay on the base. It's the safest place you can be. Ask now, has God not preserved the human race? Has he not taken care of us? Has he not seen all the injustices and worked toward justice for those who let him work through them to bring about those justices? Has he not been faithful to your family before you came in the world? Has he not been faithful to you with, a part of, or in spite of your family? These are the things that we should be thinking about in this context because we ask now God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness is greater than the faithfulness of your grandparents or your parents. Amen? Sure it is. I learned a long time ago not to blame my parents. I really wanted to blame my parents. It, it's, it's nice to blame your parents. It works. It's very convenient. They are sons of Adam and daughters of Eve. And, you know, if you're looking for a blame game, you can usually start with your parents. And this came point the Lord's like, don't, don't blame that on your dad and don't blame that on your mom. You're a grown man. Accept responsibility for what you're going to do. That's a liberating day when you come to that place in your life, by the way, if you never come to that place. But has not God been faithful? So now we get more recent, and we think about who we are in the body of Christ. Has God not blessed worship generation? You know, he spoke to me in the middle of the night and told me he was going to give me the sanctuary at Calvary Costa Mesa in February of 2000. Now, Ronald Reese was teaching Thursday nights at Calvary Costa Mesa. And the Lord's like, I'm going to give you that night. I'm like, well, what I do is walk up to Mr. Manifer today, Raul Reese himself, and say, hey, you know, God spoke to me in a dream and said he's given me the sanctuary and you're supposed to go back to Golden Springs or Diamond Bar. The Lord's just like, I've told you, now watch me see, what, watch and see what I do for you. Within two weeks, Brian Broderson called me up and said, uh, Joey, yeah, Chuck was saying we should give you the sanctuary on Thursday nights. Ask now from Adam to Amy Semperfi, to the Calvary Movement, to the Apostle Peter and everything in between. Ask now. Has not God done everything? He calls the stars by name. He holds them in the span of his hand. He knows the hairs on your head. Has, ask now. Has not God been faithful to you and created open doors for you that are unexplainable? I said, God, I need worship leaders. He goes, I got that. Remember the guy you did the outreach ministry in the jail with? That kid from Indianapolis, Indiana, Jeremy Camp? He's pretty good. I'm going to bring him to you. Remember that Wickham kid that was 15? You saw at Vista? He's pretty good too. I'm going to give him to you. And you need a name. I'm going to give that to you next month when you're at the Christian club in Fallbrook with Scott Cunningham and Josh Seal. 
In two months, he gave us the sanctuary. He gave us Phil and Jeremy, Tim Chaddock, Scott Cunningham. He gave us the sanctuary. He gave us K-Wave. He did it all. Ask now. That's what he did for worship generation. That's who we are tonight. As we move toward Holy Week, Passion Week, on Palm Sunday. Jesus Christ isn't just faithful to us personally, but he's been faithful and to the generations before us, but he's been faithful to us as a, as a movement, as a church. He has been faithful and will continue to be faithful. That's the purpose of looking back. Ask now concerning the days that are past. God has been faithful. You know, we're going to have to stare down the grave, all of us. And we're, from here, I mean, the reality, and most of you know this, the reality is life is hard. And there's always a tragedy right around the corner. And the older you get, the closer you are to more tragedies. And loss of freedoms as you, as we face the effects of sons of Adam and daughters of Eve. And we need to learn as we face the uncertain future and the challenges of the future that we need to learn to look to the past and know how faithful God has been before we were ever born to all humanity, to all of his covenants, to the church of Jesus Christ and to the Calvary Chapel movement and even to this church and to you. On your darkest day, Jesus prepared you for it. Ask now. You know that worst experience in your life Ask now. Jesus went before you. Your dad's death, your mother's funeral, your child's death, the worst thing imaginable. Ask now, in times past, when you faced your worst fear and it came to pass, like Job, ask now, was not God faithful? You see, He's always faithful. He's the God of all comfort who comforts us in our distress that we might comfort others. It seems like lately I've been pulled into some very serious and heavy ministries. Many of you saw the prayer request from this week. You know what I'm talking about. So sad. So heavy. So sorrowful. For the people of covenant who are willing to look to Jesus Christ, he turns ashes to beauty. So ask now. Ask now. Did not God bring us through that? Will he not bring us through all those things? Ask now. You, personally, ask now. And know that he was there before you were there. And when you woke up, he knew it was coming that day. And he knows what's coming tomorrow. So ask now, has he not been faithful? Passion Week is a good week to reflect on God's faithfulness. And not live in fear, but live in faith. And literally pull this scripture and say, ask now. Concerning the days that are past, God has been faithful in all of them. He will always be faithful. And that's Moses' point. In all the uncertainty we face today and for tomorrow, we need to know and never forget that God has always been faithful to the human race by sending his son, Jesus to redeem us from the curse of sin as promised in Genesis 3.15 and every promise going forward from there. He has protected the human race from global wars, nuclear weapons, threats of absolute destruction. He has protected us from all those things. Crazy men, 
Isn't it crazy to think that Joseph Stalin had nuclear weapons? If you know anything about Joseph Stalin, you know it's pretty crazy. The guy actually had buttons. It's kind of crazy to think there's people right now that have a great responsibility and can push nuclear weapons that can obliterate us right now. But ask now, has not God preserved the human race? No one's going to push any buttons until Jesus says it's done. So don't lose any sleep over that. And when Jesus says it's done, it's done for you personally and for the human race. But ask now, is not God faithful? We're not moved by fear, we're moved by faith. That's the whole point of what God's saying here. That he has been faithful before us to humanity, to his covenants, to the church, to your family, and even in your lifetime that you've lived, in the darkest days, he has been faithful. He's given you the mountaintop experiences, and he's given you the lowest valley, and he has been faithful. And so I remind us tonight, as we move forward as the Church of Jesus Christ in the year of our Lord, 2021, we are the Church of Jesus Christ. We have the gospel message. We have Jesus Christ over us who loves us and walks in our midst. And there is nothing in front of us that he can't face and bring us through because he's the good shepherd. And he wants us to be people of faith. And he wants us to be confident in the future because of who he's been to us in the past. Not just to you and this church and the Calvary movement and the body of Christ, but to humanity. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.